This is Rebecca Lowe, or Rebecca Lua, if you listen to Suboptimal Radio, and you are listening to Men in Blazers on the NBC Sports Network. It's unbelievable! From the Embassy Row Studios in the crap part of Soho, and from my gaff, Rog, my manor in the crap part of West Hollywood, it's the Men in Blazers podcast. FCO, FCO, <laughs> FCO. Oh, David. Can't get yeah. it out of my head. We've got to put a USL team at the uh, Fiumicino International Airport in Rome. <laughs> Have the code FCO. You, I'm, I'm going to launch right here and now the, the FCO chant, which yeah. possibly by mistake, I can't even remember why it began. Now history's forgotten the Roger <laughs> yeah. that led yeah. to its birthing. Yeah. It's taken a yeah. lot. I will say one of the joys of our tour was being in Portland. We we're a little late getting on stage just to hear the Portland crowd just start chanting of their own volition en masse. F-C-O. F-C-O. Well, and also, to recap for people who may not have listened to the last couple of pods, this was the St. Louis crowd <laughs> who had been chanting STL. STL. And Rog, with his rather poor hearing, perhaps alcohol influence, started <laughs> chanting back F-C-O because that's what he thought they were chanting. Some very confused looks in the audience. It's taken on a life of its own now, though. And then it took on a life of our own. Then when we went to the next stop in Portland, the fans were actually chanting FCO before we went out on stage. I believe on a run to MLS glory, they yeah. will be chanting FCO before the end of the season. What I want to know is, what yeah. could FCO stand for? Because right now, the best we've got is what you came up with. Fium- and by the way, yeah. brilliantly quickly, the code yeah. for, for Rome Airport, Fiumicino. Yeah, I, I have a I have an amazing ability to remember airport codes. Um, I think it's also financial compliance officer, but I believe GFOPs, you can do better. I am going to offer a signed book, a signed book for anyone who tweets us with a better definition of what FCO could or should stand for. It's a new chant that's sweeping the football world. Is there a Franklin, Colorado? There must be Franklin counties all over the United States. We've got, to put, we've got to put some USL teams in places where we can get FCO. Maybe Juan Carlo Osorio's got a brother called Frank. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's oh. a great idea. Can I say how great it is to be back in New York City? I, I loved, loved being on tour. But I've got to admit, it was wonderful to be home, to watch football in the American way, which means in my underpants, on my couch, with a beer. The tour, though... It was amazing. It was amazing. My nipples are still tingling after the West Coast leg of our tour. East Coast leg still to come. What stood out for you, Dave, as we experience up close some of the remarkably passionate, deep-rooted, but diverse and incredibly distinct footballing cultures that make the United States football world what it is? You take it away. Every time we were in any city and we mentioned any other city in America, in these United States of America, whether they were, whether it was in Seattle mentioning Portland or in Portland mentioning Seattle or mentioning places that don't have MLS franchises or places that don't even have any soccer teams whatsoever. Cleveland in San Francisco. Yeah, yeah, but that's probably because of the Golden State Warriors. No, they hate the Browns. They really hate the Browns. They fear the Browns. But the booing in American cities of any other city that was not their city, <laughs> that, that blew my mind. Nothing has given me more hope for the future of American soccer than intercity hatred. <sighs> I think it is the, I, th- I think it's the, that and, and finding our working class footballers. 
working class footballers and intercity hatred. I think that is the formula for America dominating world football. Yeah, I mean, it was, many of you said, the best non-joke, sad, real insight from our conversation with the great king, Billy Bean, uh, was when he joked, and there's a truth in humour, that the US would dominate a middle class World Cup. I, I mean, yeah. for me, the tour was amazing. It really was. I'm absolutely thrilled by the opportunity to get out from New York City where we've done a lot of these shows where there's not a lot of booing because New York doesn't have those kind of rivalries, either real or footballing, which are even more real. So we were just blown away by it all. What fascinated me was how hyper-local American football fandom is, yet deeply connected to global football at the same time with no kind of conflict or contradiction between the two you know in the bars after the shows just having people come up and be like i live and die for seattle and tottenham hotspur or to be like oh, st louis is just everything to me i also love leeds united i mean it is a phenomenally fascinating i've never come across it anywhere in the world like america where football fandom is just so gloriously complexly but giddily hyphenated and the other big takeaway for me, apart from how young this football audience that's been kind of brought together by the U.S. men's team, the U.S. women's team, the Premier League, the Premier League, the Premier League, and of course, uh, an MLS locality in there. We went to Seattle. We knew that would be unbelievable. Portland was no surprise how fantastic it was. St. Louis is a, a gem, a jewel of a footballing culture. But the one that really stayed with me and opened my eyes was San Francisco. I mean... Such a deep Premier League passion there. It was almost all Premier League. It was all Premier League all the time. Um, and I found that truly, truly fascinating to see how the elite league in the world, in terms of brand anyway, has really penetrated um, that city, David. Yeah, and it's remarkable to me that it has no MLS team. It's, it's a city built for you, Rog. It's like it's sort of a bit cold, a bit foggy, a bit damp. I find, bit it, I, I find it a bit forced. Um, to be joyous in that city. It's a bit giddy. It's like a bit painted, a bit happy. It's like um, in Brazil, Brazil when we were there, that somebody told us that to be happy as a Brazilian is almost so such an oppressive obligation. It can be unbelievably depressing. Uh, J-Dubs, who, God, really threw himself into that tour. His takeaway, he said to me that he really felt a sense of how... Football is still a great uniter in this country. What a powerful, powerful unifying force it is. Creates an intense sense of community at a time when we really need it. So, God, we're back in one piece. East that's Coast. The, that's almost the exact opposite of my intercity hatred takeaway, <laughs> but I like it. Life is complex. I will say our tour continues. Boston and Philadelphia are sold out. We're actually working with the venues to try and work out how we can jam more human beings um, into those two uh, theatres. There's still some tickets left for Brooklyn on July the 2nd at the Music Hall, a venue which has delighted me many times with some great concerts. Some of the greatest concerts I've ever seen, <laughs> seen have been taking place there, and I can't wait to take the stage there July 2nd. So New Yorkers, you're welcome to Brooklyn July the 2nd. I will say we're so grateful to be able to undertake this journey, both to be able to take the stage every night, drink some buds, and just revel in the World Cup narrative and to explore America. We never take that opportunity or the love and the support of our GFOPs for granted. 
If you want to see what the tool looked like, Andrea Kramer of HBO Real Sports made a terrible career mistake of coming with us to two uh, of the stops. She came to St. Louis and the film crew came to Seattle. And I think it ran last night, but the uh, on Real Sports, right after a very heavy Putin piece, we were on. And I believe it's the feature that put her over the top and got her inducted to the NFL Football Hall of Fame, David. I haven't seen it. Looking forward to it. By the way, quick shout out to producers Rachel and Brad, who also traveled with us. It was delightful to share this and with Justin. them. Yeah, and Justin too. Producer, producer Brad doesn't get a lot of airtime on the uh, Men in Blazers show, uh, but he certainly became a star when he was spotted in the background of a shot of us in the St. Louis airport, uh, in which a, a, a sort of an uh, unwittingly a GFOP circled the miserable looking guy behind us and wrote on it, hashtag not amused, not realizing that that's Brad who uh, worked for us on the show. And that's why and Brad, he was not amused. And Brad, Brad has a striking resemblance to several sort of, of our uh, footballing heroes. He looks a little bit like Christian Eriksen, Looks a little bit like Vladimir Putin. Yeah, if, if, if Putin and Christian Eriksen acted on the, uh, the love affair that I've often shipped, uh, <laughs> yeah. Brad would be the, uh, the, the, the baby that would emerge from that one. But you and I were watching Portugal, Spain in the airport about to board a plane on my phone. We could not have been more excited. And then kind of like central, but in the background, there was Brad looking like a slightly worn out Christian Eriksen. And you guys, you just picked him out as if he was a stranger. But no, he wasn't a stranger. He works with men in blazers. And that's why he was so bloody miserable, David. There's always a reason. OK, Rog, we've got a packed show. We're going to talk about Cristiano Ronaldo and all of his Herschel-esque teammates as Portugal takes a thigh-laden step towards the knockout rounds. We examine Group H, Rog, the upside down in which Japan and Senegal sit top and we clap, mostly in fear, at Mother Russia's two emphatic <laughs> wins. Not only fear, also mild suspicion, I would say. No, we have no suspicion. I'm only saying that because J-Dubs and I are going to rush here on Monday and I'd like to get back in one piece so I can again shout into a microphone, buy our book, buy our book, Encyclopedia Blazitanica, and listen to American Fiasco on WNYC. Tomorrow is the 20th anniversary of the 1998 loss to Iran, or as oh. Rob Stone calls it, Iran. Yeah. Listen to the pod. Listen to that series, if only so we can learn our lessons at US soccer and make sure that history does not repeat itself. Let's do a toast, Dave. I am raising to the football a glass to the great late Walter Barr, the last surviving member of the 1950 US men's national team, that kind of oh, that crazy bunch of guys that charged down to the 1950 World Cup, met a powerhouse England. I mean, just a ragtag bunch of dry cleaners, former minor league baseball catchers. He was undertakers. They took on a mighty England team and beat them 1-0. He passed away this week, an American legend, longtime captain of the U.S. team. We actually tried to have him on on a Golden Blazer night right before the 2014 World Cup, but he was too elderly to travel. And I want to wish his family, a family which includes star NFL kickers Chris and Matt Barr, great memories of their father, an American hero, whose life of legend is a great, great American soccer story. So I raise this glass to Walter Barr, passed away, age 91, and they've showed us in his life that American glory is very much possible on a soccer field. What an American soccer hero. Okay, 
We're going to begin with the game that kicked off early this morning. Wow, West Coast time, Rog. Cristiano Ronaldo won, Morocco nil. The man with the world's oldest nation state on his back put Portugal ahead in just the fourth minute. His team then re-summoned their Euro 2016 title-winning ethos of survive and advance to hold on against a Morocco side that clearly had the better of it, Rog. Morocco, unfortunately, are eliminated. A result against Iran will likely be good enough to see Portugal through to the knockout stages. Oh, big tactical talking point ahead of this one, Dave. Ronaldo, he grew a little chin beard pre-game to yeah. reinforce his goat messaging. I did appreciate the symbolism, but I do think it was the worst goatee since Guy Fieri's kickoff. It seemed like Morocco in training spent a little bit too much time working out how many buttons their manager should open on his white shirt. Yeah. So that his navel was hinted at, yet never revealed. Because they clearly couldn't have spent too much time scouting a Portuguese player named Cristiano Ronaldo dos Santos Aviero. Because they just left him to get his head on a set piece, David, in this World Cup of set pieces. World Cup of set pieces. World Cup of headers, Rog. What Billy Bean told us to ignore, because statistically, no one <laughs> scores from corners or crosses. <laughs> it's like, it's pointless. It's pointless. But so many crosses, so many headers. And to leave... Cristiano Ronaldo, we were amazed that people left Harry Kane free to leave Ronaldo free in the box. Amazing. One of the greatest headers of the ball the game's ever seen. I mean, he just charged in, got his head on it, then ran to the corner flag to sing Greatest Love of All in karaoke because the greatest love is happening in me. First of all, why in this World Cup set pieces? We'll get to Ronaldo in a second. Why are there so many goals coming from corners free kicks, David? By the way, I think it might have something to do with the ball, is I think this ball dips really well. I think it's a really nice ball to uh, kick. I saw one of the English players talking about the size of the sweet spot on the ball, that it's got a good sweet spot. And I think we've seen some very good delivery. We're seeing very bad passing along the ground. We're seeing much better passing uh, in the air with this ball. So I think the ball may have something to do with it. Also, in this kind of, as I keep saying, pro bowl style team that we see in the World Cup as opposed to club teams, great defences. Good defences, all about chemistry, communication, partnership, and that needs time, needs a huge amount of time, which is the one thing these teams do not have. And it is much harder to defend well than to attack well from set pieces, communication, relationship, rhythm. Um, and the defences just had not time to get it. They are super, super vulnerable, and we are seeing elite players. Ronaldo here, the greatest header of a ball the game's ever seen, take advantage, and then some. This goal was fascinating because it did seem for me to sum up Ronaldo. It's just like a roiling battle between id and ego, between like peerless achievement, which you can never take away from him, and undoubtedly, undoubtedly peerless vanity. I mean, in this crunch, in this moment, in this goal, the former, the need, the desire to achieve one out because you have to admire he put that head he put his beautiful beautiful face he put his money maker Dave yeah. right down where the football cleats the football boots the studs were flying and cemented his legend so in this case success trump beauty but only just it is a marvellous thing to watch this because if you've watched Ronaldo in World Cups you know that in the previous World Cups that's the one kind of blemish that is the one dark spot on his peerless LinkedIn resume. I mean, it really had. He's 33 now, which makes what he's doing at this World Cup, to me, even more remarkable. But you have to know, he's always wilted come this tournament. 
I mean, this tournament, he's had four goals in 95 minutes, which is more than in his previous three World Cups combined. This is a gentleman that has clearly set himself a target to remove that one blemish on his resume and then some. But what I want to understand is your take on his mental state. Because if EA Sports FIFA on their fuck cards had a score for humility, I don't think he'd get a very good rating. But you can't separate his lack of humility, his ego, his vanity, and his will to win, can you? It's like, it's like Suarez. You can't take away his desperate desire to do anything it takes to win. And anything it takes to win, I think, is the right thing. And his commitment to his physique, we often joke about, but like the shape that this guy is in at 33, you know, his diet, lack of alcohol, the lack of partying, his practice regimen, his workout regimen, it is just impressive. This is sort of why he doesn't spend a lot of time working on his personality, uh, Rog. He just is committed. He is a professional footballer, and that's what he works on. It's the opposite of me, and look where we've both gotten. Everywhere, one of us, nowhere, the other. To say that he hot dogs, but he delivers is wrong. He delivers to me because of his desire to hot dog. I, I genuinely, genuinely feel that. I did love, though, Every time he talked to American referee Mark Geiger, J-Dubs thought it wasn't clear if they were discussing refereeing decisions and fouls or whether he was quietly trying to ask Geiger what it's like to be the face of MLS, because Geiger is right now. His celebrations are so close to his celebrations on FIFA, Rog. It is amazing. And he's, he's bringing out all of them in this tournament. Oh, he's playing all the greatest hits. But play it forward for me, Dave, because you understand the celebrity mindset. How's it going to end for Ronnie? as he enters his 50s, is there any way on earth that he's not going to end up looking like a cross between Mickey Rourke and a Portuguese carrot top? Well, I'll tell you, I ran into Luis Figo uh, last time I was in Spain, in Madrid, and Figo still looks like he could suit up and play for Portugal. So there's something about the, the, uh, the Portuguese elite soccer player that ages quite well, Rog. I don't think he's going to, you know, I don't think he's going to puff up. I don't think we've got a Maradona on our hands. Oh, hate, haters like me. We never win. The goal was early. Morocco, though, they weren't rocked. I mean, it was almost like they knew that they'd spot Ronnie a goal and they were relieved to get it over and done with quickly. Armabat, Zayesh, Dera, they were like terriers driving their team back into that game, charged at the Portuguese defence that featured 87-year-old Jose Font and 98-years-old wrestling heel Pepe. And the two of them, it was like fielding two John Terrys for England that just sucked the team backwards Morocco, God, what a melange. Perfectly, actually, forged for World Cup play. Fantastic talent, flicks, feints, coupled with a willingness and an ability to mix it up physically. And they came at Portugal, and I love watching them. They were positive, they were confident, movement, pace. All they lacked was a finisher. And the second half was just them huffing, puffing, plus a dive in the area by Ronaldo that was proof that it is possible to be the world's best player and a bit of a knob at the same time. There was an incredible save that I do not feel got its due. It was by Patricio. Yeah. He's clearly got the strong Portuguese wrists of an onanist. Yeah, it was Gordon Banks, Rog. It was Gordon Banks in the 1970 World Cup against Brazil. Oh, yeah, to, quarterfinal. To flick it off, to, to get your hand to it is one thing, to flick it away out of the danger zone. Utterly incredible. At Jim Boner 93 tweeted in to predict that Ronaldo would actually score an own goal just to make sure that Patricio did not outshine him and steal his headlines. It's also a late one-day 
esque miss from Benatia. But Portugal hung on. Four points, but not very good by the Ronaldo storyline. Their midfield looks pedestrian. The bat line, a liability. That's the bad news. But the good news is they were like that at Euro 2016 and they won it all, David. Grimly. Let's go. Oh, Rog, yeah, let's go. I feel bad for Morocco, Rog. They've had a bad eight days, and yet they're a pretty decent footballing team. Cruel football, Dave. Cruel football. They've lost two World Cup games, one to an awful own goal, the other after pummeling Portugal but not being able to score. They play entertaining football. It was a delight to see. And they also lost, if you don't remember listening to this on our podcast, they lost one World Cup bid for 2026. I mean, as an Evertonian, I watched them at the final whistle. I know about loss. I know about suffering. I believe only a Buffalo Bill fan can probably fathom the depth of pain that Moroccan fans will be grappling with tonight and probably for the next several months, David. Okay, Rog, now to yesterday's games where Group H is revealing itself to be the Premier League of World Cup groups with anyone able to beat anyone. Japan bested 10-man Colombia 2 goals to one and Senegal defeated Poland by that same scoreline. Yeah, Group H, H for upset. Oh, Poland, that nation with a more cursed World Cup record than pretty well anyone you will ever find. They come in with such hope and then just deflate, wilt almost from the off, trumped by delirious Senegal. We've talked, David, about the African challenge, really. Going back to 1990 when Cameroon stunned Argentina, definitely... 2002 when Senegal themselves dumped France and charged forward. We've been waiting for an African team to really take the front foot and delight us for the last couple of World Cups. This one, though, they are delirious. Yeah, having said that, the second Senegal goal, though, Rog, that was a little odd. Yeah, it was uh, ice hockey-esque. Yeah. Out the sin bin and onto the field. I'm I'm just into the... I'm only around for the organised sellies, the delirious fans, and to watch Cissac the former star player term manager who looks like the man I wish I was in this world. I think there's two kind of blokes. You either want to be Cissé Davo or you want to be Renard. I want to be a Cissé Davo. I'm team Cissé. Although Renard, you would. You would though, wouldn't you? Would. You would. (sighs) Uh, In Group A action yesterday, Rog, host nation Rossia won their second game on the spin, defeating the Pharaohs of Egypt 3-1 on Mo Salah's return to action. Add that to their victory over Saudi Arabia and Russia have won their opening games with a combined 8-1 to scoreline. I think we have to say Pozdravlenia to Russia, yeah. which I think that's Mazeltov in Russian. Oh, Pozdravlenia. Oh, God love you. God yeah. love you. I still remember a bit of my Russian. Where did you get your Russian from, David? Was that sleeper cell training? Yeah, I studied Russian in school. I was going to join military intelligence. I want to apologise also to I may have done, I may have not done. I can't reveal. Yeah, it's those four missing years on your resume, Davo, the ones that are unaccounted for. It's amazing Andrea Kramer didn't get into that with you. I know, she was too busy talking about my childhood. (laughs) By the way, those HBO interviews, we sat down for like 12 hours of interviews. We, you know, she made me cry about mummy leaving me when I was three. <laughs> we, we went through my relationship with daddy for a long time. She really, really proved away. At one point, she said, I analyzed that you are quite neurotic. We, none of that made the film. 
<laughs> None of it did. For her own personal I know she did. With you, didn't she like get into the Davo the Edinburgh days? Davo, I mean, it was like those are long interviews. Yeah, the feeling when my tennis career ended, like all of that. She had me weeping. Yeah, it was amazing. She went, when, when did I get hair under my arms? We had 25 minutes on that issue. <laughs> it was amazing. We went deep. We went very deep. By the way, yeah. it did crack me up because on that real sports thing, which you'll have to watch, Putin, they did a long takedown of Putin. I mean, an incredibly deep uh, one of the, in which people are wearing masks because they're scared to speak publicly. And many of our viewers, GFOPs, thought it was you and me wearing the mask in the interviews. <laughs> <laughs> but it was long and it went on forever. And I just realized, holy crap, man. Like, in the KGB communications headquarters, they will be reviewing a real sports, looking for clues in it. And they'll have to watch the Men in Blazers segment too. It's amazing to me. They'll look at it and just be like, the decline of the West is forthcoming. Oh, I want to apologize to you, KGB agents listening, Russians, all you people. I predicted that you would be the worst host since James Franco at the Oscars. And I want to say two games, two wins. Yes, against pretty crappy teams, albeit. But Egypt, they had Mo Salah. They impressed early. Conceded a freak own goal right after the beginning of the second half, as if some would say a KGB agent had maybe paid a half-time visit to the Egyptian locker room. But one, one stat I love about this World Cup, most own goals of any tournament is six. Yeah. We're already at five, Dave. What the what? I know, and Cahill and Jones, as you pointed out on Twitter, haven't even taken the field yet. Yeah, there must be agony for those two. Agony. I mean, for them, those guys, heavyweights of the own goal, to have to... Own goal specialists. Yeah, to have to watch the own goals that they crave flying in from the bench, but be unable to, like, get onto the field and show the world what they can do. I mean, it's not not okay. It's not okay, Southgate. You've got two masters of the craft... Yeah. Kept out the big dance. Not cool. Not cool. All they can do is watch. Suffer in silence. Yeah. And at night, Phil Jones probably just dreams, dreams of him just running onto the field screaming, hold my beer, hold my beer. <laughs> Back to you, KGB agents. Dennis Cheryshev, probably soon to be linked to Chelsea. I've got no doubt you're getting him. They're looking at Dries Mertens. Oh, I, think, I think we're getting Golovin. You're getting Golovin. You're getting Cheryshev. I think they're even going to sign Lev Yashin, the Black Spider, greatest goalkeeper of the 1960s. They're going to sign them all. National hero now, Cheryshev, up there with Gogol and Regina Spector. Paul Carr tweeted, best goal difference by host nation through two World Cup games, plus seven for Russia. Equal with plus seven for France in 1998, the year they won the title. Uh, Put in that context, yeah, Russia are going to win it all. I feel for Egypt, though. They did play with real intensity, Salah back, but tentatively. In many ways, Dave, I felt like their World Cup was lost back at the Champions League final. Yeah, Sergio Ramos. Yeah. Sergio Ramos has like ended it for Egypt. And that's such a shame. We really felt that Mo Salah was going to be one of the stars of this World Cup. This was going to be, I mean, as though he didn't already have his global coming out season, but this was going to be the icing on the cake for him. Um, just a real shame that uh, he got injured and has not been able to perform at his best. All of which makes me wonder whether Sergio Ramos is actually a deep, deep, deep undercover sleeper cell KGB FSB agent. Yeah, could be. Sent by Putin years ago. Go and become a world-class footballer. Go and win things. But only Dave out so that he could take out Salah in a game before the World Cup to ensure Mother Russia had a clean shot to avoid humiliation and reach a knockout round. I mean, I know it sounds far-fetched, 
but they did secretly dose Hitler with estrogen to make him more feminine. You never know, Rod. <laughs> That's an interesting theory. It's the Alex Jones moment on Men in Blazers, the crossover moment. Okay, Rod, Uruguay playing as we pod against Saudi Arabia. Suarez giving them a 1-0 lead, becoming the first Uruguayan to score in three World Cups. Simon Kuiper wrote today about Suarez and his straight partner Cavani. Amazing thing, this. 31 years ago, both men were born within three weeks of each other in the same neighbourhood in Salto, a city of 100,000 inhabitants. It's the same size as Antioch, California. And when I read that, Dave, I just thought, we need an American Salto. Uh, an, an American Suarez and Cavani. And then Spain-Iran is set to kick off this afternoon. But it's time to look ahead now to our Meister of the Day for tomorrow's action. Denmark, Rog. I think they're tasty versus Australia. And Argentina versus Croatia. And France versus Peru. Who is your Meister of the Day, Roger? <sighs> oh, a Jaeger shot at lunchtime always makes me feel alive. Argentina against Croatia. A battle of star names on the Argentine side against a truly balanced squad in Croatia. It's going to be a psychological crucible for Lionel Messi, but I'm going to pick as my Jägermeister, Meister of the Day, Luka Modric, Steve. I mean, uh, he's Messi's Real Madrid nemesis, mm -hmm. and he's going to line up in the heart of that Croatian midfield and attempt to rattle that Argentinian batline that is eminently rattleable bull, bull, with his cunning movement and his vision. There's not a greater man who combines medieval surf-like features and world-class athletic abilities. I think Croatia can take this. Yeah, he's going to fly around the pitch on his broomstick, Rog. I love it. Okay, as I walk into my living room, Rog, I go to the bar, pick up my bottle of Jägermeister and take my sip. Give me a moment. Oh, okay. Very, very interesting. You know I like Denmark, Rog. I've been big into Denmark since the beginning of this World Cup. And I'm also going with a man who could have been present at the Battle of Visby, talking about medieval serves. Whereas you'll know, King Valdemar IV of Denmark invaded Gotland, Christian Eriksson, Rod. Oh. Second mention in the pod. Not Brad Feldman, <laughs> Christian Eriksson. I like Denmark. They're my dark horse in this World Cup. They beat Peru in their opener in real style. And I like them beating the Socceroos tomorrow. Oh. Brad Feldman's just a Jewish Christian Eriksson. You can follow us on Twitter at Men in Blazers, at Embassy Davies, at Rog Bennett, on Instagram at Men in Blazers, at Embassy underscore Davies, on Facebook, Men in Blazers. You can always email meninblazers at gmail.com. We're going to be back on Friday. We're going to drop an Iran pod special tomorrow yep. to celebrate the 20th anniversary of well, America's soccer playing darkest hour, Davo. I'll speak to you Friday, love. Absolutely. Vendorpunk, Rog. War pig! Who wants the sex matumbo? I like snacks. Boards win, boards win. Take that, Gloria. Boards lose. It's a tweed. Abrogado, rock on, mate. Kung Fu fighting America. Love you, Davo. Love you, Rog. Love you, Bradley Feldman. <laughs> <laughs>